I'm so excited to be back together this evening, sharing part five of our Build Your Life series. Has anyone been enjoying the Build Your Life series recently? Hopefully you've been finding it practical and helpful. I guess the whole thought is that, um, I guess we're just talking about the power of God, and part of the power of God is that we don't actually have to be victims to our circumstance. We don't have to be victims to the lot we were given in life. Actually, with Jesus and His power, we can overcome. We can actually live great big lives. And part of that, it's not just God does all the work. There's actually a part that we have to play. There's some very simple and very practical things we can do that are going to build the life tomorrow or build the future that we actually want to live in. Who wants to live a great life? Hopefully we all want to live a great life. I don't often see people putting in their Instagram bios, liver of a mediocre life. I think we all want to live a great, big, world-changing life. Um, and this evening, I want to talk about something which uh, it's, it's very simple, but I think it can be really helpful um, for some people here tonight. Hopefully, I think everyone might actually find it helpful. I thought it was only appropriate um, boyfriends in the house, knowing that Valentine's Day is in two days, boyfriends, husbands, partners, uh, that's coming up, all right? So if you haven't prepared, a little heads up. I thought it'd be appropriate that we talked about relationships this evening, knowing that Valentine's Day is just around the corner, but I don't want to just talk about romantic relationships. I want to talk about relationships in general, because I really believe that it's so important that we have healthy relationships. The people we do life with really determine, I think, how much enjoyment, how much uh, enjoyment, how much fun, how much we get out of life is often defined by the people who are around us. Think about it. You could probably do the worst job with really good people and you'd have a great time at that job. Has anyone ever experienced that? You've done a job that was not a fun job, but because you were with good people, it actually became a good job. And I think the truth is that the, the, the opposite is also true. You could do the best job in the world with some unhealthy relationships, and it could feel like the absolute worst job in the whole world. So tonight, I want to talk about three keys to healthy relationships. And I thought it only appropriate that I start with a Valentine's Day story. Many years ago, when I first got my license on Valentine's Day in, in year 12, um, I, like many high school boys, decided, all right, I'm going to do something for Valentine's Day. And there's this girl I'd been talking to, and I thought, I'm going to do something really sweet. I'm going to drop off some flowers at her house uh, as a sign of, hey, you know what? I'm a nice guy. We've been talking. It's Valentine's Day, whatever. And I thought this was a very good plan, right? I thought this is quite romantic. I ran into problems straight away when I arrived at her house, and I thought it would be as simple as getting out of my car, putting the flowers on the front step, driving away, texting, hey, check your front door. I get to the house, and as I'm driving past, I realize that right next to the front door of their house is the study or the office of their house. And who happens to be sitting in the office of her house? No other than her dad is sitting there facing the road at nighttime, looking straight out to where I was going to make my approach. So instantly I had a problem. I drive around the corner. I think for a little while about what am I going to do? And I decide 
I, you know, I've watched so many, many military movies. I know exactly what to do. I'm going to go commando, S-A-A-S style. Uh, and I came in and commando crawled through the front guard and I kept checking and I'm like full on crawling. I've, I've got the bouquet of roses in my hand and I keep checking and I think he might have been suspicious. At one point he stood up and started kind of looking around and I don't know, maybe he just saw me and saw what I was doing and thought, all right, give a poor, poor guy a chance. Uh, he's obviously very, you know, he needs all the help he can get. And anyway, I finally got there and I put the flowers down and I kind of scrambled back to my car and took off. And the next day I was talking to my, my, my best friend at school and I was telling him all about it. Um, I was like, yeah, man, I did this thing. It was so cool. It was so romantic. I, I got these pink roses and, and, and he pulled me up and he said, pink roses. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's all they had at Woolies or wherever I got them from. And he's like, you know what pink roses means, right? Like, you've made a big mistake here. And, like, what? and, I, and I looked it up. This is what pink roses represent. Pink, ro- pink roses represent, represent gratitude and admiration. They are the perfect choice for friends, siblings, and teachers. <laughs> now... It's not the vibe that I was going for. It was definitely more of a, like, hey, let's not be just friends vibe, but I've just sent a strong, hey, I see you as a sister in Christ vibe. Um, And I, I kind of, because of this unknown truth, unknown to me, I actually made a big relationship faux pas. I was trying so hard, but I didn't know the unwritten rule of pink roses are for friends, siblings, and teachers, which is kind of odd. Who gives roses to their teacher? Anyway, moving right along. And and like this, I think that the relationships we have, and and by that, again, I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about friendships, the people that we work with, our family. Relationships are actually full of unwritten rules and hard truths that if we're not aware of, sometimes we can actually end up feeling like we're running on a treadmill, like we're putting in so much effort to our relationships, but we just don't seem to be getting anywhere. I don't know if anyone's ever felt like that in another area of life, or maybe you've actually felt like that in the area of even friendships. I'm trying so hard to get good friendships, but I just don't seem to be getting anywhere. I'm trying so hard. I'm putting in so much effort, but I don't actually seem to be making much progress in my relationships. And and I think it's because often and sometimes what we're doing is we're actually stumbling over these very simple principles, and it's actually almost sinking our own ship, if that makes sense. So that's why we'll look at three things that I really think can help you to have healthy relationships. And now on hearing this, on hearing about all these unwritten rules and, uh, and, un- and hard truths, you might be like, all right, I give up. I'm moving to the mountains. I'm becoming a monk. I'm getting rid of all my friends and just having a pet monkey. Don't do that, okay? And I know some of you were seriously considering it. Don't run away. Because the fact is, you can't run away from community because we're actually designed for community. God's designed us to do life with other people. John 13, 34, Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. You can't do that outside of community. 
God wants us to be in community. He wants us to be in relationships so that we can love other people like He has loved us. But if we're isolated, if we're not with people, if we're not in community, we can't actually do what God is calling us to do. So three keys to healthy relationships. These are going to seem very simple, okay? But hopefully this is practical. Number one, be friendly. Ooh, I just can see everyone. Josh is furiously typing notes on the front row. <laughs> He's like, quick, 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 get that down. Be friendly. I love Proverbs 18.24. It says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. Kind of what it's implying is if you've got friends and you're not friendly, you won't have friends. If you want friends, you've got to be friendly. It seems like common sense. I think the challenge is, though, that being friendly often looks like initiating. Being friendly often looks like initiating. If you want to make new friends, if you want to have good relationships, often what you're actually going to have to do is be the one who initiates, who makes the first move and doesn't just wait for something to happen. Obviously, this could go for romantic relationships as well. Sometimes, and I think that can be a challenge. Does anyone else find that challenging? Any, surely the introverts are with me, and I'm an extrovert, and I feel like that's a challenge, to be the one who has to make the first move when it comes to making friends. Often being friendly looks like initiating. It looks like introducing yourself. It looks like starting the conversation. It looks like sending the first message. It looks like sending uh, the, the invitation to hang out. That's what it kind of looks like to be friendly. And, and often I've heard people say, maybe, maybe people who've come to our church and they say, nobody talked to me. And, it's, and which I find really hard to believe. And what I've noticed is sometimes people come in 15 minutes after the service starts and they leave 15 minutes before it finishes and they're like, nobody was friendly. But it's like, no, no, to, to actually to have friends, you've got to be friendly. You've got to actually kind of put yourself out there, which is scary, right? Because we don't know how people are going to respond. We don't know if people are going to accept us. But to, be, to have friends, you've actually got to be friendly. Hard truth that comes with this is that maybe, and we're going to talk about some hard truths tonight, but if you're really struggling to make new friends, maybe the reason is that you're waiting for people to initiate with you rather than actually initiating with them. Maybe you're waiting for them to come and be your friend rather than deciding, I'm going to be friendly and talk to someone else. Now, the good news is we have a super friendly church. And not only is it super friendly, we have a, what we call a relational church. It means we don't just care about people, hello, how are you going, good, nice to meet you, bye. We actually want a church that's full of people with healthy relationships. The good news is, if you hang around out there for five minutes after service, there is a very, very, very good chance that somebody's going to come and say hello to you. We're trying to make that process as easy as possible. But sometimes we've actually got to be the initiators. And can I just say... This, is, this has been a real challenge to me. I, and I don't know if it's a pride thing where it's like, no, I want them to be the one who like, contacts me. Like, I, want, I won't follow them until they follow me. 
Like, I'll wait for them. Does, am I just a psycho? Does anyone else do that? It's, it's like, I kind of want the validation of, okay, yes, they want to they be my friend. I'll wait until they friend me because then I'll know they actually want to be my friend. But I got really challenged about this I, I, and that i am actually got to be the one who initiates these things. I've actually got to be the one that says hello. I've actually got to be the one that walks across the room and says, it's great to see you tonight. I've got to be the one where it's, you know, when it's awkward and you're in the shopping center and you see someone you know and you kind of haven't made eye contact yet, and you're like, it would be much easier for me to pretend that I'm getting a phone call just in case they look over. At least I look busy. There's, again, maybe I'm just weird. Does anyone else do these things? <laughs> Hopefully. I've just really determined, no, I'm going to actually be the one who makes the first contact. I'm going to look at them, and if they never look at me, that's okay. I did all that I could to be ready to wave, to be ready to say hello. Maybe we've got to initiate. Um, and I can see you here, I can kind of maybe hear you sitting here thinking, that's easy for you to say, you're an extrovert. Um, I've often been told I'm really good at making new friends. Can I just say, like, if I can be honest, I have never, ever felt comfortable with it. I still don't. It's still, it's talking to people, new people, still scares me. It still makes me feel uncomfortable, thinking that I've got to introduce myself to somebody. Um, it can be awkward. It can be scary. Um, but I've just learned that, it's, that, that if I want to have a life that's full of healthy, growing relationships, I've actually got to go on the front foot sometimes and maybe put myself out there a little bit and pursue friendships, pursue relationships that I want. I think maybe it comes a little bit from if you're insecure, it's really difficult. So as you grow in security, you start to realize that I'm actually a person worth meeting. And can I say that about you tonight? You're actually a person worth meeting. You're actually a friend worth having. God has designed you and put an amazing value on your life. So maybe just maybe it's time to like put down that insecure thinking and realize actually I'm somebody worth meeting. So how do we do that? A couple of simple tips. Um, smile. That's a really good start. Again, you know, like it, it can be awkward when you're like kind of like looking at, I'm looking at Gay, but he's not looking at me. But just look at them and smile. Smile. Uh, wave. Say hi. Um, if you're meeting someone new, take responsibility for breaking the ice. I think that's really important. Realize it might feel a little bit awkward at first, but if I can break the ice, we could actually have an amazing relationship going on here. Uh, think maybe through some questions ahead of time. Uh, I've shared stories before about the friend that I made where it was really awkward to talk to them because they only gave me one-word answers, and we did like eight minutes of me asking every question I could think of and them answering one word every time, never asking a question back. But if you're prepared for that and you've actually thought about some questions, I think that's okay. Um, as you're talking to people, know that people love to talk about themselves. I love to talk about myself. Does anyone else love to talk about themselves? So if you can get people talking about themselves, they're probably going to have a good time. And they'll walk away being like, that person was so nice, where in fact they just talked about themselves. You made them talk about themselves the whole time. But they'll go away being like, that person really cares about me. Um, look for common ground is really important. Like, what do we, we get on about? Is this okay? This is very practical, but, but just practical things. Um, and I would also say, I had another thought there, which I can't think of off the top of my head. It's gone. Um, also realize that you're probably not going to be best friends with everyone, all right? And that's okay. 
God has made us all unique. God has made us all very different. Sometimes you just don't click with people and it's okay. You don't have to be that person's best friend. But don't let a bad experience like that discourage you from pursuing new friendships. So question, rate yourself. Um, Do you initiate or do you always wait? I think maybe that's just a simple question. Are you on the front foot when it comes to developing healthy relationships or are you waiting for people to come to you? I know this might be a bit of a challenge, but I really believe if you can get on the front foot that um, you can actually have really healthy relationships. Second thought, second key to a healthy relationship is to be selfless. Be selfless. Selflessness, it's, it's preferring the other, it's, it's putting the wants and the needs of the other person in front of yourself. The challenge is, is that sometimes being selfless actually requires sacrifice. So I think we all want to be selfless people. I don't think anyone in this room would be like, I just want to be so selfish. But the challenge is to be selfless, it actually really requires sacrifice. It, it requires, like Jesus did, laying down our life for other people. Now, the tension that's created here is that we have a really, I think we've taken a big step in culture, a really important step recently where we now talk about self-care a lot more. And I think that is so, so important. It's so important to talk about looking after yourself. It's a real, it's a buzzword, right? Everyone's self-care this, self-care this. I'm taking a day off, self-care. Um, you know, I've, I've got like a parrot that comes with me everywhere. It's my emotional support animal because self-care, um, you know, I'm going to eat like at Baskin Robin every day, self-care, you know. Um, and it's this, this real buzzword. And can I just say, I think Jesus does self-care really well. Um, If we look in Matthew 14, Jesus has just heard news about one of the people closest to him in the world being beheaded, being killed for pretty much no reason. And, And Jesus has heard this and he's destroyed. And I think Jesus shows some amazing self awareness here. Look, it says, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. How good is that? Isn't that cool? Jesus is like, hang on, I've been hit with some grief. What I need is I need some time alone. I need some time to grieve. I need some time to move forward with this. I think Jesus is modeling self-awareness and self-care here. But what happens next is really interesting, right? Jesus is like, I need some time alone. And he goes to move. And then in verse 14, it says, Oh, but no, sorry, the second part of verse 13, it says, but the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. So this is like, he's just had something traumatic happen. He gets on a boat to get some space. When he arrives at where he's going, there's a massive crowd of people waiting for him. And he's like, I need alone time. But what he's confronted it with is thousands of people waiting for him. Now, if Jesus kept self-caring, he would say, sorry, guys, I need space. But what he does is very interesting. It says, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. What's interesting here is he doesn't let his own needs get in the way of what God is trying to do. He he doesn't let his need for self-care actually become selfishness. And I think something that we've got to be really careful of is that we don't 
take self-care and use it as an excuse for selfishness. That I'm being selfish and I'm calling it self-care. No, we've got to be really careful about that. Do we need to self-care? Yes, 100%. And what Jesus actually does is this is where he goes on and he feeds the 5,000 and he sends them off. And then it says he spends some time. And then he says to the disciples, go and meet me in this other place. And then he spends some time alone before he continues. So he does actually take some time out to grieve, to go through the process but he's not so distracted by his own needs that he misses what God is trying to do. Is that making sense? Is that he's not so, he's not so self-absorbed in his own world of this is what I need and this is what's best for me and this is what feels right. He's not so absorbed with that that he actually, that that he misses what God is trying to do. He, He recognizes, I need to look after myself. I need some space. But he also recognizes that I'm called to be, well, what we would say now, Christ-centered, not self-centered. I'm actually going to put God's will ahead of mine instead of putting my own needs and wants first. When an opportunity arises, I wonder what you ask. I wonder if you ask, what's in this for me? When a friend comes to you with a need, when a friend comes to you with a time of challenge, when some kind of opportunity just comes up, maybe to give, do you ask, what's in it for me? Or do you ask, what's in it for God? Maybe instead of me first thinking, what's, you know, doing a self-check, how am I, how's everything? Hang on, is God in this? Is God maybe trying to use this? Because often what God does through our life is not comfortable. (laughs) Often it doesn't look like what's best for us. Often it looks like selflessness, preferring the other person. But the paradox of it all is that when we put God first, He actually looks after us. That actually the best thing for you to do is to follow what God wants you to do. Does that make sense? So often it doesn't look like it's the best for me, but when God's first, it always is. And I think at some point, as we prefer others, as we're selfless, I think it really does give us a a great perspective on our own problems in life. Um, Josh and I were reflecting on this before, where sometime last year we were meeting in our life group um, and we were going around the circle, you know, as we do in life group, we share good stories and stuff and, and we're sharing like, have we had a great week or whatever? And one of the guys was just like, um, it got to him and he was like, my week's been super rough. And it was like, oh, you know, like, surely there's something good. And he's like, you know, pretty much he was like, I've just lost my job that I was praying for for so long. And what I thought was a miracle has now turned into a huge point of pain. And, and I remember afterwards just being like, me and Josh were talking about it. I was like, man, that really puts in perspective all the challenges in my life. Whereas if I can actually prefer others and be selfless, it, it, has, a, it has a tendency to put the challenges in my own life in a really good perspective. It, 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 whereas I'm not just so self-absorbed with everything that's going on in my world. When I, can I, when I can actually care about others, it helps me to keep that in perspective. So keys to healthy relationships. Be friendly. Be selfless. The challenge is it might require sacrificing. And the final thought is just be consistent. Um, I think if you want healthy relationships, healthy relationships don't happen overnight. Um, healthy relationships take time. Things that grow, things that are healthy, often it takes time. And I think it's really, the the challenge here is, it's really hard to have healthy relationships if you're never around, if you're inconsistent. 
And if I can just use church as an example of this again, I've heard people say things like, I just have a real hard time making friends. And it's like, well, you know, when was the last time you were here? And it's like, oh, I've been twice in the last six months. It's like, oh, if, you, if you're not consistent, you're really going to have a, it's really going to be hard to have healthy relationships. It's going to be really hard to make new friends if you're not consistent. But the good news is, if you're consistent, that stuff happens really naturally. If you just keep hanging around together, you are bound to make friends. Consistency is so important. Relationships grow and develop over time. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good needs, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. It's like, hey, don't give up. He's saying some people are in a habit of not getting together. Let's set a habit of actually being together and building one another up and consistently encouraging. You see, anyone can encourage once. It's different when you can actually encourage consistently. Anyone can do something nice once, but when you're consistent, that actually leads to healthy relationships. Anyone can be generous once, but when you actually have a lifestyle of generosity, when you're consistent with that, it actually leads to health in relationships. Let's not just be people who do things as a one-off. Let's be consistent people. Hey, I hope that's been helpful for you this evening. Just some simple thoughts. It's probably even more than healthy relationship. It's probably just about friendship, hey. And I think, again, it applies a lot more broadly than that. But it's so important. If we want to have friends, we've got to be friendly. Being friendly often looks like taking the initiative. If we want to have healthy relationships, man, we've got to put other people first which is a challenge because often when we put other people first, it sometimes feels like we're missing out and we've got to be consistent. If we're consistent with people, consistency over time leads to growth. It leads to health. And and I'm just encouraged by Jesus who's so consistent with us. Um, I love there's this scripture and it says, He's faithful even when we're not. Even when we're not faithful, He's faithful to us. And, and I think He should be who we really look to when it comes to how we model our relationships, having that consistency of sometimes, and this is like probably a bit about being selfish, sometimes when people, um, people don't act the best towards you, our, our response is really important to that. Are we going to determine to be consistent? And even though they weren't nice to me, I'm going to consistently be nice back. And even though they said something mean, maybe they hurt me, I'm going to consistently forgive because that's how Jesus treats us. He is so consistent with us. Hey, why don't we stand this evening? I'd love to pray as we wrap up. And hey, if you've got more, this is not an exhaustive list of good ways to have healthy relationships. I reckon as we go to after parties, why don't you talk about that? And I especially think as we, as we go to after parties, talk about... I would love to hear some conversations about getting the balance between self-care and selfishness, right? Because I think it's really big for us. I'd love to pray for us. If you're here, uh, especially, and this is just something that's really on your heart, having healthy relationships. Maybe you're someone who looks at the people around you and like, yeah, I actually do have a hard time making new friends. Maybe you're just like, I want some maybe better influences around me. Maybe you're like, I want some stronger relationships around me. I'd love to pray with you. So why don't we just close our eyes? And if that's you, would you just raise your hand? 
If you're like, that's me. I want some great relationships around me. Well, Jesus, we just thank you uh, that you want to give us wisdom in these areas. God, we thank you that we can look to you. And I just really pray that as people want to honor you in this area, as they invite you into um, their, their, if, as they invite you in, as, as they ask you to help them to maybe become a little bit more self-aware about the hard truths they need to see in their life. God, I pray that their relationships would flourish, that they would have strong friends around them. God, that they would be um, the kind of friends that the people they want to be friends with would want to be friends with. And we just really pray for your blessing on people's relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. And hey, I think Jesus is also the best to look at when it comes to relationship because He actually is a really relational God. He's not someone who's just distant and far away. He actually desires relationship with us. And the good news is it's with every one of us. It's not just for people who grew up in a church. It's not just for people who have um, whatever. It's for every single person. And my encouragement to you this evening is maybe you've never intentionally decided to start a relationship with Jesus. You know, it can, and it's as easy, it's as easy as making a decision of going on a journey of following Jesus, of being like, you know what, God, I, I want that relationship with you and I might not understand it all, but I want to take a step towards that, maybe even this evening. And um, I think, you know, there's this scripture which talks about taste and see that the Lord is good. It's almost like, hey, God's like, hey, try me out. Like, if you've got a little bit of faith, try me out. Um, so maybe you're here this evening and that's you. Like, I'd love to go on a journey of following Jesus. Uh, we'd love to help empower that decision. We'd love to get a Bible into your hands. Uh, it's a great journey. It's not one to be done alone. 